Hello and welcome to another Oxford Sandy and Black Pig Group podcast. I'm your regular host, Andrew O'Shea. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. This week we're lucky to hear from uh, Kimbrook again, talking to us about farrowing, leading up to farrowing and in the farrowing pen, what to expect um, and what we can do to make those farrowings just a little bit easier. But before we go over to Kim, um, just want to announce our 10-year anniversary um, celebration. We were going to have a celebration at Oxfest, but due to the current COVID-19 situation with gatherings, we're not going to be able to do that. So we've decided we're going to host an online virtual quiz using Zoom called the Big Fat Pig Quiz. It's being hosted on Friday the 24th of July, 7pm. We'll be online from 6.45. It's £3.50 to enter. Um, all the details and the terms and conditions are on our website, oxfordsandyandblackpiggroup.org. Um, it's a big button at the top that takes you to um, the place where you can buy your ticket. It's just £3.50 to enter. Um, there's a chance that you can win £100 cash, a Fortnum & Mason's voucher, or a £50 John Lewis voucher. We're also going to have auction in between the rounds where we're auctioning off some fantastic prizes. So our list of auction lots are still being put together. Um, we'll announce them on our website um, as soon as we have them. There'll be lots of opportunities to place some bids to um, purchase some great items. Now, all the proceeds of the auction and the event um, will be split 50-50 between the, our, the Air Ambulance Service and ourselves, the Oxford Sandy and Black Pig Group. It should be a really exciting evening um, where we can all have a bit of fun. You just need an internet connection um, and Zoom, which we've paid for, so um, you can join for free at, at no cost to yourself um, just to enter the quiz, which will be over a number of rounds. Uh, one of those rounds will be dedicated to the Oxford Sandy and Black Pig. The other rounds will be things around general knowledge, the news, sport, TV, etc. So ev everyone should have a chance to... Uh, answer some questions and a chance to win some great prizes so um please have a wander and have a look right let's hear what kim has to tell us about farrowing let's talk about farrowings welcoming new life on the holding it is such an uplifting time of the year as we see new life gracing our holdings the grass is lush and green and the ground is actually solid underfoot and it is the season whereby pigs are basking in the summer sun and rootling, wallowing and giving birth, which is known as farrowing. The Oxford Sandy and Black Pig Group and their supporters have been extremely busy with farrowings. The OSB Pig Group are conducting a survey this year on sex ratio in seasonal farrowings, whereby their supporters are submitting all their farrowing details with regards to how many boars, which are males, and how many gilts, which are females, are born from the litter and how large the litter is. This is to understand if there is indeed some correlation of more boars being born in the winter months than the summer months. But that's a topic for another day. On average, pigs have two farrowings a year. The most popular time of the year is January, February time, which means that the piglets will be weaned eight weeks ready to go to their new homes in March, April. Then we see the month of July welcoming farrowings with the piglets being weaned around the end of September, October. Having said this, there is no rule to when a farrowing happens and it is suited to the breeder with good careful planning. So what we expect from a farrowing apart from the warm giddy feeling it gives us seeing new life entering the world. 
The Farrowing. As mentioned, the OSB Pig Group and its supporters are busy with their farrowings, which has prompted me to do a podcast about this wonderful topic. It is clear there are variations of what and how the OSB breeder do things. The group is a fountain of knowledge and very inspiring to all level of pig keepers. It is clear by following the Oxford and Sandy Black Pig Group and reading their unbiased views that all breeders, experienced and new to pig keeping, have their own methods and and successfully with the situation that surrounds them. Please remember that every farrowing is different. It is a topic which is always filled with great enthusiasm. It's an experience filled with wonder, excitement, anxiety and emotion. And above all, it is to be approached with caution within a stress-free environment for both you and your beautiful sow and gilt that is in pig. If I may, when we describe a sow that is in pig, we mean pregnant. And when we use the term gilt, this describes a maiden female not yet farrowed. It is good practice to plan your farrowings that it is no good to have a farrowing whilst you are on holiday or have a party planned around the time of a farrowing. A useful free tool is the Oxford and Sandy Black Pig Group Farrowing Calculator. This will help and guide you to calculate your farrowing dates, which you can find on the website. In summer, the sows and gilts that are in pig are to be paid particular attention, as heat exhaustion is very prevalent and if brought indoors to farrow, a nice shower every two hours or so will be welcomed together with a fan, which is greatly appreciated. Water sprayed on concrete floors is an added bonus as it helps in the cooling process. A farrowing, like any other livestock birth, can have its complications, so please ensure that you have your veterinary practice number to hand and maybe contact your practice and let them know that your sow will be farrowing, which will give you some reassurance, especially those of us about to experience our first farrowing. You may also be interested to know that at farrowing, half are born tail first and half are born head first. Embryos. It is not uncommon to have stillbirths or reabsorbed embryos. Embryos are not embedded until day nine of gestation and at that stage, they can migrate from one horn, which is the side of the uterus, to another. So if all embryos are lost in one horn, they can migrate from the other one, as long as there are four embryos in place and both horns are occupied. Pregnancy continues beyond 10 days, otherwise it appears to be terminated. After 12 days, the number of embryos may be reduced to as few as one and the pregnancy will still continue. Litters of four or less are suggestive of embryonic death between 12 and 30 days of gestation. Embryos destroyed before day 35 of gestation are absorbed as they have not yet begun skeletal calcification and sometimes fetuses can become mummified if they die after the 30 days. Fetal awareness. Older sows have a higher percentage of stillbirths than younger sows, but this may be connected with the litter size as older sows tend to have larger litters with smaller piglets than do younger pigs. There are various causes of abortion, stillbirths and fetal deaths. These include bacterial or viral infections, nutritional deficiencies, poisoning and so forth. 
Gestation and growth. A pig's gestation period is 116 days from the day that they are serviced. A few days either side is nothing to worry about. However, if a week has passed, it would be advisable to have her scanned. At three months of pregnancy, feeding your sows or gilts food that is high in nutrients, especially vitamin A, such as spinach, curly kale and broccoli, from the garden, as it is forbidden to feed from the kitchen, will be a good boost for your sow or gilt as her body will be in the process of breaking down her fat to produce milk. And it is also at this stage that the piglets are putting on their growth rate. It is also worth noting that the sow or gilt can put on a pound a day during gestation. A few days before birth, it is wise to monitor the food as if overfed, the sow can become constipated and her gut distended. This can result in constriction of the reproductive tract, giving problems to birthing. Watch out for scouring, which is diarrhoea, as this can lead to dehydration, which can make milk production more difficult. It is wise to feed a little less over the three days before the birth, being careful not to totally alter the feeding routine. It is useful for sows, pregnant or not, to be kept on grass to build up their supplies of vitamin and mineral reserves from the foliage and soil. The exercise also prevents them from becoming too heavy and grass is a source of roughage. It is true that there is little nutrients in grass, but it is an aid to their well-being. Separating in pig sows and in pig gilts. Sows and gilts that are in pig are to be separated from their friends two weeks before farrowing. This will give them time to settle themselves in their farrowing pens, also separating them from others where potential barging around for food could happen, therefore causing stress and pain during these important times. It goes without saying that stress and strain should be avoided at this time, as this can lead to the loss of the piglets. Cold, drafty housing, too hot housing, damp housing, hilly land, steps, sudden noise, particularly around bonfire night, Christmas and New Year time, where fireworks are popular. Also to be avoided is being transported very close to the birth. So those of you wishing to purchase sows and pigs should be mindful of this. Treatment for parasites. Now, this is the time when you should be treating the sow for external parasites and therefore worming her a week before she gives birth to avoid placenta crossover of womb infestation. It is also a good idea to vaccinate against erysipelas three weeks before farrowing. And if the mother has never been vaccinated before, she will need one injection six weeks prior to farrowing and a booster three weeks later. Whilst I have mentioned erysipelas, I'd just like to elaborate a little more if I may. Your breeding stock should always be vaccinated for erysipelas with a two-dose primary course. For example, in the gilt, with booster doses given every five to six monthly intervals. Please don't forget the boars because they're just as important. Erysipelas vaccine is also available in combination with parvovirus vaccine for use in breeding stock. This combination can be used as one of the two primary doses for young gilts pre-mating and if necessary as the booster dose annually. You may also be interested to know that turkeys and sheep are also susceptible to erysipelas. 
Please discuss any vaccination with your vet and perhaps discuss your vaccination programme that best suits you and your herd. Now to the actual farrowing. Many of you that know me will know that I bring my girls in for farrowing. This is because this works for me and it's something I've done for many, many years. Also, I can be on hand at the birth should I be needed. It is also safer for the piglets when they enter into the world as they can be at risk with predators such as the fox, magpies, crows and buzzards. Also piglets will roam and getting lost or falling out of the ark can result in sad consequences but this can be easily rectified with a fender around the ark. As we know piglets are up on their feet in seconds. We know that pigs will show signs of making a nest by carrying straw about or pushing it around their chosen spot within their pen in preparation for the birth. The farrowing pen should be cleaned and disinfected at least a week before the sow is brought in. Then add a little bedding, not too much, as the piglets so often like to burrow in the straw and can get lost, trampled by the mother or worse, suffocate. The infrared lights. There are two colours, red and white. I find the white is better for the pigs, should be put on a few days before the litter is born. And much to my disapproving husband, the lights are left on for three weeks during the night. This is so mum can see babies and babies can see mum, thus avoiding mum accidentally lying or standing on them when she gets up for a drink or goes to spend a penny. It is safe to say, in my experience, that after 24 hours, the piglets know when mum is about to lie down. She will grunt and bark and the piglets will be quick on their feet to get out of the way. I give the girls a quick wash down by cleaning the underline and making sure she is generally clean prior to birth. The newborns. It is not practical for us all to be around for the farrowing, but if possible, you will be a great help just to observe and monitor the progress. You will notice that the sow's abdomen will drop so much so that when you look from between her back legs, it is almost touching the ground, referred to as bagging up. She will also start to carry straw from one area to another, will generally throw things around as she is having contractions. From the moment this happened, it is generally four hours when farrowing is imminent. When she has made her circle of straw, which is very impressive and very comfy, she will lie down. Her breathing will become laboured and if she is a gilt, from her vulva will come a very dark, almost black in colour, discharge. I've not noticed this dark discharge in subsequent farrowings. As this stage, her vulva will be very dark red and swollen and then slowly but surely you will see the first piglet emerge. They will enter the world with great gusto, unassisted with a shake and a sneeze, clearing their airways and making their way past the sow's back legs with their white eyes wide open, finding their way to a teat. Sometimes assistance is needed to clear the air sac and clean around their faces. Do not pull the piglets out and break the umbilical cord. However, should the situation arise that you find yourself with no alternative but to break the umbilical cord, do squeeze the umbilical cord and push up the blood towards the piglet slowly and spray with an antibiotic spray. If the sow is agitated during farrowing, it is advisable to have the piglets under the heat lamp in the winter months in the creep area and wait for the sow to finish giving birth 
and when this is done, then put all piglets on a teat and watch them have their first feed. If you can, during this time, spray all umbilical cords with antiseptic spray to prevent infection and do not cut the piglet's umbilical cord. They will shrivel up over the first day or so. If a piglet is constantly catching the cord and you notice it is causing pulling on its stomach, then at this stage you may cut it. But please remember to go over the cut area with an antibiotic spray immediately. And at the end, make sure that everybody is feeding quietly. The afterbirth. Now then, it takes between six and eight hours from the moment the first piglet is born to the two afterbirths passing out. And make sure there are two that are passed out, one from each born. They are normally passed out between two and three hours after the birth of the last piglet that is born. The first feed. This is a lovely time to watch. The first suckle of milk from the sow or gilt is vital as it contains colostrum, which helps gives them energy, warmth and early immunity to various infections with the highest level of immunity present in the pig's colostrum in the first 24 hours. When all the piglets have been born and the afterbirth expelled, then tidy the birthing area, ensuring that it is clean and dry. Then observe all piglets are feeding happily. The piglets. The piglets are born with their ears folded back and they start to come forward within two to three days. The piglets would feed regularly every 20 minutes for the first 48 hours and then every half hour in the first couple of days. It is this time that teat establishment has been found and then they will stay on the same teat until weaned. And then it will progress from after that to an hour after a week. At about three weeks, those piglets that are born inside are introduced to the great outdoors. For me, it is a safe age for them and providing it is not too boggy as my ground is predominantly clay and being wet and boggy underfoot does not bode well. If the weather is too harsh and normally the January farrows have proven that the weather is so, I tend to leave the sow with her piglets inside where I get no complaints and introduce toys suspended from the ceiling to keep the piglets stimulated. I also have a radio playing in the background. In summer, it is a different story. The radio is still on, but it may be too hot for the heat lamp. So at night, I have a little night lamp, which is on every night for three weeks, just so everybody can see each other. Feeding the sow or gilt with litter. During the first couple of days, feeding the sow her normal ration is adequate. Then from day three, increase the feed for both the condition and maintenance of the sow or gilt and for the production of milk that is required to feed the piglets. What is paramount at this stage is that the performance of the sow or gilt is not compromised as fed too little and she will suffer as the piglets will draw down the reserves of the sow and gilt with poor consequences. From day three, up the feed gradually to 0.5 kilograms per piglet per day. And yes, depending on litter size, you will see will be a lot of food. So please split the food to three times a day if possible. Lastly, we all have different methods which all work. Some of us farrow outside all year, some of us don't and some of us stay with their sour gilts to the end with little intervention. 
But please be aware, when I farrow with my girls, they have known me from birth. There is a trust, but I am not complacent, and I'm always on my guard. It is not for everyone. This is what I have done for over 14, 15 years. It works for me and my girls. Polly, Constance and Georgina tell me after being with them for 14 hours that my services are no longer required and this is shown by either the sow standing between me and her piglets or a gentle nudge to say go away or words to that effect. So please be aware that your sow or guilt's personality can change. There is no wrong way or right way. It is what works best for you in a safe and clean environment. Always have your vet's telephone number to hand and at all times be calm and enjoy the process. Thank you, Kim. Very interesting piece there. Lots of good detail that we can all learn something from uh, and, make, and take, take with us to our farrowing pens when the time comes. Thank you very much. Well, that's it for this week. Just a reminder, our 10-year anniversary Big Fat Pig quiz is the 24th of July. Head over to the website, oxfordsandiablackpiggroup.org uh, to enter. There's a big button at the top of the screen that says buy my ticket. Um, it's just £3.50. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to listen. Please feel free to leave comments on the podcast below. Um, until next time, I've been your host, Andrew O'Shea, and happy pig keeping.